Ooh, what would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is My Friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 5 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Beauty and the Bank, and it originally aired on October 30th, 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing? I'm great. How was your spring break? So relaxing and amazing. <laughs> nice. I, I, I can't even remember the details. I'm so relaxed from it. Oh, well, that's awesome. I mean, that's exactly what you go on vacation to do. It is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, nice. Just totally relaxed. So what was your favorite flavor of shaved ice? Oh, it's too, it's too hard to pick. Probably just the uh, the strawberry. You know, that's, that's always a safe bet. Right. For My sure. kids like the For Lilo sure. and Stitch. You know, it's the uh, blue raspberry and the red raspberry. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good pick there. Yeah, that's my, that's their favorite. <laughs> I don't think I've found a flavor I don't really love. Although I don't really love the uh, like when they put that uh, condensed milk in it. I don't like that. Oh, are you serious? I love that. That's like that's the best part of getting it Hawaiian style. Yeah. So I'm all about the mac nut ice cream. Put that on all day. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that's delicious. I like oh. them both. Get it, get it the whole way. Yeah. Oh, and hula you know, pie. Do love sweetened condensed milk, though. Like, <laughs> I know I've talked about this before, but yeah. I love sweetened condensed milk. Yeah, and I I still need to uh, buy a can and try it, like you know you had told oh me about. Gosh. But I just, just sit down there with a spoon, and I mean you can make it last a long time because it is rich. Let me tell you. No, oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, so gross. I mean, I don't recommend it if you have any kind of blood sugar issues or other health <laughs> concerns. You may want to seek uh, medical advice before you t- try it. But man, talk to your doctor yourself. <laughs> talk to your doctor before you try sweetened condensed milk. Oh, but sit down with a can and a good plastic spoon, and you're golden. Just a spoonful of condensed milk will mm. keep your blood sugar up. Yes, it will. And boy. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, once upon a time, I'm sure I've told this story a million times, but I lasted for like a good part of a week just eating a little bit of the sweetened condensed milk out of a can. That's it. In the post-college years. Yep. Wow. I mean, some people went for like top ramen, but that's that's pretty highbrow. You know, I mean, <laughs> 10 cents a pack. I could go for a whole week on one can of sweetened condensed milk, please. Well, how much was that? Oh, well, that's the great part. Like people donate stuff like that. You know, I think my parents were like cleaning out their cupboard and said, like, here, you want any of these cans? And I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> that one looks good. I don't good. think I like bought it at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> so you found it in the pantry and you were like, oh, okay, that'll work. Exactly. These were lean times, uh, both uh, figuratively and literally. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't imagine. I don't think I ever had a time like that lean. I would rather like sleep in my car before I didn't have something to eat. Oh, I slept in my car all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> my first car, my Toyota Celica, 1987 Toyota Celica, had the most comfortable chairs. Like, I rarely slept in a bed as comfortable as it was to sleep in one of those chairs in the reclined position. It's like, 
It was the perfect, and I didn't need a pillow. The headrest was positioned just right and was just soft enough. Like I could just go to sleep in an instant in that car. It was fantastic. Well, knowing you the way I, I think I know you, I'm surprised you still don't have at least the seat, let alone the car. Well, uh, it's. Uh, do you want to know the story of what happened in the Celica? Because I would have, I would still have it to this day. Yes, I want to know. When this is like short, when Janelle had not been married, Janelle and I had been married. I don't know, two or three years. So I still had it into our marriage, um, you know, because I got it when I turned eighteen. Mm-hmm. We were driving down from Big Bear, you know, visiting my parents, and there was you know a rock slide on the road, and I hit like it was late at night. And I swerved around one rock, but then another one, I couldn't, like, avoid it. You know what I mean? So it was like I went over it, and it wound up, like, wrecking my transmission. Ooh. And it was wound up being, I mean, like, it was the kind of thing where they say it's totaled because it would cost more to replace it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, than the value of the car. Yeah. I took it to a place, and, it was like, I was still able to drive it. I, I don't know anything about cars, so I'm probably not saying all the right things, but... They did some kind of a temporary fix, and I was able to, like, drive it around, like, barely. Like, I couldn't drive it far, but I was able to drive it back to our house. Okay. And it just kind of sat there in the driveway. I'm like, what do I do with it? And, you know, like, I didn't, I wanted to, like, I was thinking of just junking it, but I think I could have gotten, like, 300 bucks for it. I'm like, ah, what could I do? And it just so happened that the church that I was working at at the time was looking for, they were doing, like, a youth event with the high school students, they decided that they wanted to find a super cheap car to give away as like a raffle prize to like get kids for like a big event or something like that. Because what happened is eventually I told them like I could drive it in there, but it's, you know, it's barely running. And they said that's perfect because the prize, you know, they wanted to be able to give away a, a car, but it was, you know, cheap. So they bought it for me for 500 bucks. I drove it into, because they met in this big warehouse, I drove it into the warehouse, and the kid that won it was, like, so stoked, because he knew how to, like, fix cars, and he wound up fixing it up, and it became his, like, first car in high school. Aww. Well, that's a fun story, yeah. So it's got, like, it had, like, a a second life, or a third life, because I got it used, you know? Yeah. So how long did you drive that car, then? So I got it in, let's see, it would have been 1996... And sold it in that would have, I think two thousand six, two thousand five, somewhere in there. Oh wow! So like okay. nine, eight, nine, ten years, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly, but around that, yeah. And it was an eighty-seven, you know. So when I got it, it was already uh, almost ten years old. Yeah. So you put ten years on it then. Yeah. Nice. It only had the, that's the crazy part. It only had like. I want to say like 20,000 miles on it when I got it. Like it was, they had not used it. It was like an older lady that had owned it and she drove it around a bit and then just had like parked it. But like her son helped her maintain it so that it wasn't, you know, it was like he drove it and maintained it and stuff. And it was just like in perfect shape. Sunroof. It was like the perfect car. Oh, Oh, I love that thing. Although sunroof is terrible when you're trying to sleep because then the sun, you know, pokes through and really inconvenient. Moonroof? What's the one where like you can have it like it's not you have like a slidey thing where you can open it, but it also has like a solid roof. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's a moonroof. Yeah, moonroof. Then whatever that is, you know, so you can you it pops open, but it's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes okay. more sense. Man, it was great. Who knew? None of this has anything to do with family ties, except that Alex. Also had a car. No, he didn't have a car. <laughs> no. Man. He gets right. None everywhere. of this has anything to do. 
This has nothing to do with family ties whatsoever. Although, I mean, like, I guess, how did he get to the bank and stuff? Maybe he rode the bus. Maybe he does have a car now, but he just never talks about it because he's not a bragger. That's, yeah, Alex doesn't brag about anything. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, we know that's not our sweet Alex. Sha-la-la-la! Well, let's do it. Let's get into this episode. All right. Well, it was a great episode. And uh, Alex really turned on the charm there, especially in the first few minutes of the episode. And this is one of those rare occasions that we open the show and we're not in the kitchen and we're not in the living room of the Keaton home. We opened at the first mercantile bank. Yes, with an external shot. Yes. I wonder what bank that was in real life, like where that was at. I don't know. Well, it was pretty incredible. And Heidi noticed, too, that the camera angles are a little bit different now than, uh, you know, even in the other locations where they were shooting than uh, normal. Yeah, it had it had like a different feel. I don't know if that's going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah, it's almost like they added like the another angle or another camera. or So maybe yeah. instead of two, now they got three or, you know, who knows what it is, but... So we open at the bank, and uh, Alex is uh, doing an internship, and he's waiting for a gentleman to come in. And so he's interacting with uh, Rebecca Ryan, and he is just turning on the charm, and he's getting her to, you know, go get him a cup of coffee. And, you know, the ladies around there, you know, just need to kind of step it up and a little bit of Danish. And, and I'm like, first off, who says, oh, a little bit of Danish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, she goes and gets it. And then, uh, what's the name of the gentleman that he was waiting for? Mr. Uh, there is Mr. Heaney. Uh, yeah, so he's waiting for Mr. Uh, Mr. Heaney. And, uh, you know, so he's got her just kind of running around and doing crazy stuff. And so uh, Mr. Heaney walks in and he's interacting with Alex. And they're really excited that Alex is there. And, you know, he already knows a lot of the information of where the English pound is and where the German Deutschmark <laughs> was, you know, as far as the start, stock market and so they were pretty impressed with that information, and, and Rebecca Ryan walks over, and she's got coffee for him, and you know she asks him if he takes cream or sugar, and that's when he finds out that that's going to be his boss. <laughs> so he makes that awkward that she, for sure. I love that she did that, because she definitely was like messing with him. She knew he was going to find out right away. Oh, yeah, and she kept it going. And then, so... <laughs> He finds out she's going to be his boss, so she's telling him, you know, what what he's going to do and what his first assignment's going to be. And I thought that was actually a pretty good assignment, that he's going to evaluate the bank's strengths and weaknesses and find out, you know, kind of where they have some redundancies and try to figure out how they could, uh, you know, tighten it up a little bit. And I thought for an intern, that's a that's a pretty big job. But uh, Alex just can't be bothered with that because he keeps making googly eyes at her every time she starts talking. And he keeps telling her that she's really cute and that it's really cute uh, when uh, she gives him or when she gives him orders. This is like ultimate cringe humor. Here. Right. Like he doesn't act like that any other time. All of a sudden, they just they wrote this one weird. Well, I feel like, too, his behavior and we'll see more of it all throughout his issue with a female boss, it's like he learned nothing from Ellen. Because remember, he kind of already went through this with Ellen. and Yep. Not as a boss, but just the women's movement and all this stuff. And he had all... And now he's like back to square one. It's like he just forgot it. Once Ellen left, oh, he yeah. lost everything. And super juvenile. I mean, it was kind of weird uh, the way that he was interacting with her and treating her. Yeah. But. Uh, but anyways, you know, he finally gets home and Stephen goes, oh, Alex, you're home. And Alex just like runs and jumps into <laughs> Stephen and just like, like he's literally like 
hooked around Steven and <laughs> he looks so and also little. like a monkey. <laughs> yes. He looks so little compared to Steven too. I know. It was almost like he was carrying like a, a slightly bigger version of Andy. <laughs> so uh, Steven says, well, I'm guessing uh, you got the job at the bank. And Alex, of course, confirms. And so as he's talking to his family, he's telling them that his boss is a woman. And Elise is kind of funny. She's just like, oh, this is what I've been hoping for. I've been waiting for. And she was just waiting for Alex to say, you know, something terrible, which, of course, he had to. He did. He resisted at first. Oh, yeah. But then he talked about how he'll be running the bank in a week and she'll be running the vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Elise was very satisfied with that because she knew she knew this was not going to pan out. Oh yeah, yeah, she, she knew for a fact that this was going to go very, very poorly for him. So yes, but uh, so he's going to go ahead and guide his new boss, and he you know called her Becky for a long time, but then he started calling her Ms. Ryan, and so <laughs> you know he's gonna he's gonna guide her through the world of finance. So he you know he's gonna work on this report for her. And so apparently he does, and it's subpar because he gave her diet tips and recipes. <laughs> oh man! Right, and then uh, but he wrote the same report for the Mister Heaney, and it was a magnificent report. And so Rebecca says, "How come you can't do that for me? You know, I'm your boss, and." You know, you need to give me your best. And so, you know, we flash back to the Keaton house afterwards and we see that, you know, some time has elapsed. And he, Alex is just talking about how she just rides him. She's always on him. She's giving him orders. She's not kind. And and so <laughs> the family all tries to interact and help. And, you know, at one point he goes to Mallory. Mallory goes, okay, so what's her sign? And Alex goes, oh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then Jennifer comes up to him and says something really insightful about how, you know, he needs to listen to her and he needs to, you know, do what she says and give her some respect. And he just pretends like he doesn't hear a word she says. And <laughs> oh, maybe I need to talk to dad. <laughs> and Jennifer's just like, oh, here we go. So finally, Elise tries to give him a little bit of uh, good, good information. And then he gets a phone call. And so, of course, you know, because the phone's for him, he has to answer it. And he finds out that it is Rebecca. And she said that he had done a great job on the report. And she wanted him to come back down to the bank. And they were going to talk. And they had some other work they were going to do. And I thought, yeah, that's what happens at banks, right? Yep. They call you after hours and say, come on back in. You know, we're going to do some stuff here. Well, let's not forget that Elise got called to her office to work late at night with uh, one of her coworkers, and that didn't go well. And Steven no. got called late at night to go to work with one of his coworkers, and that didn't go well. No. Well, you know, in, in playing the odds here, it does not go well for Alex either. So he shows up. They have a great interaction. You know, everything's going really well. And then uh, Rebecca's going to go get this report, and they're going to go ahead and start on this new project that they're going to work on. And she touches his shoulder. And somehow that sets him off, and it leads him into a diatribe as he wanders around the bank. And uh, he's he has pretty much sold himself on the fact that she really likes him and that she wants him to make a move. And so they sit down next to each other. They're real close, and he's kind of doing the googly eye thing again. And then she leans over at one point, and he just he leans in and gives her a great big old kiss. And she pushes him off. And says, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, oh my gosh, you know, you basically were telling me that this is what you wanted. And how am I supposed to know? And so then he just kind of storms out and he leaves. 
and <gasps> she's just kind of like left standing there. Alex, Alex, Alex. Yeah, talk about maximum cringe. Oh my gosh, yes. So Alex shows back up at the house, and uh, Stephen is up, and he's making some uh, delicious cocoa for Andy because Andy's having a hard time going to sleep. And so they talk about, you know, not sold at any store or something about... <laughs> and does that really help you go to sleep? Here's some sugar to load you up before bed? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never had, like, the warm milk and hot cocoa before bed kind of stuff. I'm not sure that hot chocolate would, like, calm me down. Yeah, I don't think so either. So so they talk for a little bit. You know, Alex says men and women are not supposed to be able to work together, you know, especially when it's a pretty woman. And, you know, then uh, he tells his dad that he was just born... Born too late. You should have been born in the 50s. And Steven said, well, you know, you were still probably a little bit too conservative, uh, even for that time. And Alex goes, the 1750s. And Steven goes, you were too conservative for them then, too. And then, lo and behold, somebody knocks at the back door. And who is it other than Rebecca Ryan? So apparently she knows where he lives. She knows it's okay to go to his back door. Well, I remember when I was an intern in college, and after two days of working there, the people came to the back door of my parents' house. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And they just looked in the window and saw that you guys were making hot cocoa and said, oh, you know, is it too late? I'll just come on (laughs) in. Yes, is the answer. (laughs) I felt bad, though, too, because not only did they have that interaction, and then she's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Yeah. So, you know, she's there late. She makes him come back, and then uh, she expects him to be there at the crack of dawn again. When do they sleep? Right? Nobody sleeps. He's back on the pills. Oh, no. <laughs> <The> speed. <laughs> uh, so they end up having a heart-to-heart, and they talk about how, you know, he Alex says, I'm going to quit. And she said, well, you can't quit. And uh, she said, but I can't let you stay either because you really annoy me. And he said, well, you know, there's that uh, cost-benefit ratio there. And uh, he said, I struggle with the same thing with my family. And she said, well, you know, what's their analysis? And he goes, well, they're kind of split. <laughs> so <laughs> they're just letting him ride out his time there to see what happens. But uh, they end up uh, deciding that they're going to be able to be friends and that they're going to be able to be work partners. And it's all going to be over their mutual weird bonding of money and the smell of fresh bills and the crinkle of old bills and making a pillow out of it and (laughs) the smell of of new money in the rain they're gonna shake hands and they end up doing like an arm wrestling thing on the kitchen counter there and we get the freeze frame right then and she's definitely beating him in this arm oh yeah 100 percent. well she's also like six feet taller than he is yeah and she said she's five foot six (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, she is she's gonna arm wrestle him wrestle him kickbox him she's gonna do anything to him but overall super cringy episode and yes but a beautiful ending you know they're gonna be friends and and they were gonna work together for a long time and she said that because she had boss's intuition. That's right, which is definitely a thing. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Most of the time that uh, I've experienced that is because they wanted to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did they come over to your back door at night? <laughs> yes, actually. No. <laughs> they had to jump the fence. and. <laughs> oh, man, this was quite so- an episode. Right? I feel like it was just kind of out of the blue after the last couple that we've had. And then all of a sudden, Alex is like this super jerk. And I mean, he really was. You know, we've seen we've seen some of that in the past, obviously. But yeah, to a degree. But this was like ratcheted up to the next level. Like, wow. 
And probably for its time, it was maybe like progressive, but I cannot imagine that same scenario happening and then her being like, oh, we can still be friends. Like, Right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is why we have to do sexual harassment training every year now because of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a strongly worded letter. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. There's one point when uh, she's really coming down on him, and that's when she was going to kickbox him and wrestle him and everything else. Uh, and then she could beat him even you know, at chess, and and they could fight. They were going to box, and then he's like, well, yeah, let's let's do that. Get out those chess pieces. Yeah, he's like, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> yeah, and then he leans against the wall, and the whole wall moved. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, oh I usually catch stuff like that. Yeah, floating wall. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, it was when they were in her office. So did you happen to recognize her at all, the actress? Oh, yeah. So I was going to look her up, but then I always like to leave it for you, especially if I couldn't figure out where she's from. But I feel like she was in The Secret of My Success. Interesting. Okay, so I, well, I suppose this is a perfect moment. Let's talk about some guest stars here. I will, We'll start with the most obvious, which is Rebecca Ryan, played by Melinda Kulea. And I recognized her immediately. I wasn't. A, I couldn't place it at first. I knew it was like an '80s TV show. My first thought was maybe Remington Steel, but no. Okay. And I, I yeah, should have known this, but it was actually she is the girl from A Team. She's like the main girl in the beginning, in like the first oh. season or two of A Team. Yeah, her hair was longer in A Team. Yeah, this was like three years after she was on A Team. I want to say something like that. Maybe two years. Okay. Yeah, she's Amy on the A-Team. So uh, that's what I recognize her from, like, a lot. I just I couldn't, you know, it's a very different context for what she plays in the A-Team and, the, like, the outfits she's wearing and stuff. She's, you know, much more, like, dress formal business type in this one. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. long dresses and that kind of thing. And that weird, like, turtleneck thing that she was wearing, like, like turtleneck blouse thing. Yeah, <laughs> blouse and neck. Yeah, blouse and neck. That's it. <laughs> Janelle said those were popular um, in the 80s, I guess. But, man, it looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, it did not look uh, super fun. It had, like, a weird bow or something on it. and Yeah. No, it was know. delightful, though. Better than me. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things for here. First of all, um, I just have to do this little shout-out because friends of ours that do a podcast, we've talked about before, Champa and Klein, our friends of Champa's. Dave Champa does a show. He was doing one about... Airwolf before, and they did one about Knight Rider. Well, he, they just started this week an A-Team show. Oh, and wow. What are the chances that we have Amy from the A-Team on Family Ties the same week they start their A-Team show? So I want to give a shout-out. It's called The 80s Years uh, ch- with Champa and Klein, and they are now doing the A-Team. And uh, so we'll have to we'll chat with them. Maybe we can, maybe we can cross-promote or something along those lines, because those guys are cool. Yeah, that sounds super cool. And so because of that, I also like there's some interesting stuff with her and the A-Team because the A-Team was kind of like her first uh, like big successful thing. She did like a couple of little like, you know, TV movies where she had like a small role or whatever. Then she landed like the A-Team, right? Which is like a huge hit, like number one or not number one. I think it was like the guys were just talking about anyway, very, very popular show. And. She was only on it for like the first, I think it was like two seasons or season and a half. She only did 24 episodes. But what happened is she wanted to start, you know, she plays a reporter in that show. 
And so she wanted to start getting more into the action of it, you know, and they wanted her to just be like the pretty girl that's along. And she wanted to be part of the A-team more. And the producers didn't like that she was pushing back on that. And she wound up getting like fired from the show because she wanted to not be, you know, just like treated like prissy girl off to the side. And I thought it was interesting that that was the situation. So she like didn't do a lot of acting. She did like a few things here and there, but it was a few years. And then she got like the, a little, I mean, spoiler alert, but this is a beginning of a brief run on family ties. She does three episodes and oh. it was kind of like her return to acting. And I thought it was cool that this is one where she's basically saying like, Hey, you know, it, it was very much mirrored her situation on the A team, except in this one, she got to be, you know, a strong woman as opposed to what they wanted on the other show. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and, and so she only has 32 acting credits total, and she stopped acting mostly, I mean, it, it kind of goes sporadic throughout the 90s and stuff. The last thing she did was in 2001. Besides that, she just did a lot of one-off things here and there and a couple of TV movies. I don't think she was in... The Secret of My Success. She was huh. not in that. But the last, like, the most significant one to me outside of the A-Team is she was in Wagons East which was the final movie that John Candy starred in. Oh, really? Yes. and it's, I didn't know that was his final movie. It's kind of like a mix. Well, it's, it was he all, the final movie that was released that he starred in, if I remember correctly, it was Canadian Bacon, but he actually shot Wagons East after. It just took longer to produce, you know, actually release Canadian Bacon. So huh. he died during the production of Wagons East. And so they had to really? do some creative use and rewriting to, like, get the movie finished. Is it any good? I love it. I mean, you can definitely see it's sort of a incomplete work in some ways, but there's some really funny performances in it. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but it's uh, it's definitely worth watching. Is it one that I should add to my list, though? I mean, absolutely. Have you watched John Candy movies before? Yeah, so I told you we watched that one where they're on the boat. and. Oh, yeah, that's they, right. Summer Rental. Uh, that's Summer like Rental. First, that was his first movie ever. Oh, really? That was the first one he ever did? The first, well, headlining movie. I think he had, like, some one-off appearances, you know, like, shorter cameos a couple of times, but that was his, like, debut lead performance, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to add it to my list All here. right. Wagons East. Again, this is not, it's not, like, the best of his movies, but it's definitely worth watching. What do you think is his best movie? Ooh. Planes, Trains? Probably, I would say Planes, Trains. However, Uncle Buck is definitely in there. Oh, that's a real good one. I don't, so <laughs> I've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Start writing it right. What? What? <laughs> How? Well, you're gonna get mad. Oh my gosh! I have seen o Uncle Buck though. Uncle Buck is fantastic, but you've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, no. Never never saw that one. Oh, it's like an annual favorite. It's like a Thanksgiving. It's the only Thanksgiving movie. Okay, so that I've heard that actually before, too, that it is 100% a Thanksgiving movie. It is one of the funniest movies of all time, and you will ball like a baby in it. Oh, well, then I'm out. No, it's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. No, this no, never shocking. got around to that one. Steve I see him every Martin. year, though, at Christmas time. Ah, well, I mean, it's it's around. You know, it's it's in the winter, so people play it at Christmas too. But I'm telling you, Steve Martin, John Candy, it's it's phenomenal. I've seen the Great Outdoors. Does that count? Great Outdoors is very good. I love the Great Outdoors. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I um, see him in Home Alone. Home. I mean, that's one of his 
that's one of my favorite performances of his period. It's not like a starring role, but man, do I love that. My favorite yeah. like dark horse one for him, which is very much like a divisive movie. A lot of people hate this movie, but I love it. Is called Nothing But Trouble. Mm, never seen it. It's John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, bunch of other people in it, but that's kind of like the probably the biggest names. And it's like the weirdest, like kind of mix of like almost like a horror movie, but comedy mostly. And not like scary, scary horror, but kind of like eighties horror. But like, okay. it's, <laughs> but it's like PG thirteen. But it's more funny. It's weird and it's bizarre and it's like all like practical effects and they're in this giant like mansion that has all these weird traps and stuff. It's like I don't know, like the Goonies meets. I mean, there's a little bit of like I don't know Tim Burton-y kind of feel to it, but it's not a Tim Burton movie. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just bizarre and it's amazing. Okay. Well, should I add that one to the list too? You should, as long as you have the qualification that I like it, but it takes a very specific type of humor to enjoy that movie, and it's really bizarre. Well, you know, I do love dark humor, so it, 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 if you if you enjoy dark humor, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole premise is that they're these like rich guys are driving through this small little rural town in the south somewhere and they get pulled over and they get arrested and they wound up they get imprisoned in this like crazy like torture mansion that like, you know, they have to try to escape from, but it's all like, you know, eight like Goonies style, you know, traps and tricks and stuff like that. It's bizarre and amazing. Oh, okay. And what tell me the name one more time so I can Write it down. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. I definitely have it on DVD if you need to borrow it, you know. <laughs> well, I might have to, actually. <laughs> or I might just have to wait a couple more seasons and then we'll watch it together. <laughs> That's true. This is definitely going on the list for Phil makes Keith watch movies. So, <laughs> I wow, I'm just shocked. I realize this is like a very, very long, like weird tangent talking about uh, Melinda Kulea in this episode, but I'm sure when I go back and edit this, I'll know how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Wagon well, Thieves, because she was in Wagon Thieves. I was That's just right. going to say, she was in a movie with John Candy. That's why. Also, yeah. I, I do like Cool Runnings. is also really good of John Candy's. With Jamaican bobsled team, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, didn't they just make another movie with those guys? Man, I don't that? know. Maybe. I feel like there was, or maybe there. it's in production? I oh, can't remember be. now. I, I remember hearing something about that. Hot walking? Is that what it's called? Mm. <laughs> I'd say sure, but I have no idea. Okay. I mean, Cool Runnings is the original one, so I just figured. Hot oh. Walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're funny, funny. <laughs> It's always better, like, when you tell a joke and then you have to explain it to someone before they even get what reference you were trying to make. That's my favorite type of joke. Well, the good thing is, is I bring that extra good for you. <laughs> oh, no. There isn't uh, Cool Runnies 2. Oh, okay. They made a commercial, though, and it was kind of like a joke. It was uh, a car right. commercial. That's what go. it was. I knew there was something. Well, let's see. Let's get, let's, we're going to, we're going to steer this train back on the track do you steer a train onto a track i don't think that's how trains work but we're gonna try I, yeah, i'm here. pretty sure you don't though i don't think if so it's either. not on the track you're in deep trouble <laughs> well the next character we got mr heaney who was like the the boss i mean like well, i guess he's like the bank manager i mean she was like the head of the 
intern program, but I feel like he was maybe the manager. Is that what we got? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was played by an actor named John Petlock. Well, did you recognize him at all? So that name is super familiar. Ah, well, there's probably a reason. Because he's been on here before. Has been on the show before. And it's actually like a really interesting scenario here. So John Petlock has been on five episodes of Family Ties. And his this is the fourth out of five appearances. So we've talked about him oh, wow. three times before. But okay. here we go. The first one he was on is the pilot. He was in the very first episode. And in the pilot, it was, you know, where Alex is dating a girl and his par- her parents go to a... And like an exclusive or a segregated um, country club. And oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure he was the dad in that scenario. That, you know, hmm. her father, that they wouldn't let, you know, minorities go to the country club. That was how the pilot of this show, right? Pretty crazy. Right. So he's in that one, he was the dad there. So then, in, that was season one. Season three, he was an auntie up. This is the one where Alex's aunt dies. And he oh. played the Reverend Wilson. He was like the, at the funeral, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, Mallory threw a fit and walked out. That's it. You guys didn't know Aunt Edna. You didn't love her like I did. Yep, yep. So he, there he is as a second character there. So then in uh, season four, 23, episode 23, I was just actually referred to this episode, Once in Love with Elise. This is the one that had um, where... Peter Scolari. When Peter Scolari uh, was Elise's co-worker and then he was in love with her and blah 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 we were just talking about he was another one of the people that worked at the firm i think he might have been like the someone they were sales selling to but somebody she worked with right at the yeah firm. so that's in that uh role or in that episode he was he played ted waterman was the name of the character okay okay yeah 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 this episode he's mr heaney they were and, at a lease, they were at the house with the lease in the very beginning of that episode yes 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 that's yes. the one okay Yep. So this one now, just, you know, less than, uh, oh, I'll just, you know, barely, what, six episodes later, something like that. He played Mr. Heaney. And then three episodes from now, season five, episode eight, he plays Ted Waterman again, the character from last season. From Elise's job? From Elise's job. Oh, how crazy is that? Now, I'm wondering if that's one of the ones that they, like, shot and aired out of order, you know, like where they use them as replacement episodes. That's my guess. Yeah. So, oh, that'd be really cool. It doesn't make sense otherwise because he was just a different guy and then we're supposed to not know like three episodes later. Yeah, we can't. We have to pretend. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So I'm it's, I'm curious to see three episodes from now. We'll have to see what's the deal. Yeah. With Mr. Oh, that will be fun. Ted Waterman there. Those were the two credited ones, but IMDb has two other people here and I'm just going to kind of mention them briefly because... There was nobody else that had any lines in the episode. There were a few people in the background at the bank. Oh, there was quite a few people in the background at the bank. Quite a few. And so there's two people that are uncredited. And I don't know, like it gives names. It says one of them, this girl named uh, was named Cammy, And it doesn't say anything else about her role in this, played by Tracy Birdsall. And I don't know, like I looked at her IMDb page and it's hard to tell because if if this is accurate, it would have been like her first acting role ever. And maybe it was, you know, maybe she did it. She's done just a lot of like independent and kind of low budget movies beyond that. 
Um, nothing like that I even recognize the name of. Although I think she did like one episode of a soap opera at some point. But for the most part, like just nothing you've heard of. And then way before that, in 1986, Family Ties. So maybe. That's maybe. kind of a weird one. Yeah. But the other one is even like a little weirder. Because remember I said that, uh, what's her name? Rebecca Ryan character comes back for two more episodes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this other one, um, it's a guy, the actor's name is Alan Blumenfeld. And his uncredited character is supposedly named George. So he actually has been on Family Ties uh, before. He's one that we've talked about. So he actually did seven episodes of Family Ties. Oh, okay. interesting. And here's what's weird. Like, so he did one in season two. He did one in season three. He was actually in the Anti Up episode as well. He was a man at the garage sale. Okay. He did one in season four. And then he did three in season five. And then one in season six. So the three in season five was this episode where supposedly he was uncredited in the character as the character George. But the next two that he did are the next two that Rebecca returns in. Oh, so there's a, a chance he was one of the guys in the bank there, maybe when Alex was talking about some sort of a dividend and it must be because in those two episodes he's credited as George Bellack. They actually give him a last name, and this one it just says oh. George. So I don't know. Maybe as we watch those episodes, we can figure out what the deal is because he's definitely in it again in some capacity. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Hopefully we'll remember this uh, 11 episodes from now. We can look back and figure out the mystery. <laughs> wow, it takes him that long to get back to the bank? Yeah, apparently so. Well, maybe he's walking now because he doesn't have a car. <laughs> that's right. Because Ellen used to pick him up all the time. So maybe that's what happened. She took the car. Now she's yes. in Paris. And he walks why everywhere. Alex forgets all that he knew about women being like equal people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she took the car, so now he's just all disgruntled. Yeah, that's what it is. It's got to be. Huh. All right. So, George. Yeah, George. We got to keep an eye out for George. Hey, George. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all for the guest stars. Sha la la la. What else? Uh, what else we have? Any other like jokes or gags we need to go over here? I've got quite a few. Yeah, I think go ahead and hit yours right off the bat. I love the bank manager, Mister Haney, when Alex is like so excited about it, and he said, "Rarely have I seen a young man with such a lust for money that's not in jail," and <laughs> which was a great delivery. And I also just loved how Alex took that as like a huge compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, when Alex when Alex comes home and he's all excited about having the job at the bank, and Mallory's like, "Oh, hey, maybe you can help me balance my checkbook now." And Alex says, "I'm a banker, Mallory, not a magician." <laughs> and let's see. I thought it was funny when Alex referred to Miss Ryan as a cute little tomato. Right? I'm like, all of a sudden, oh, is this the 1950s again? So like, bad. Oh, hey, dame. And I, I think that whole part was so funny to me because Elise was enjoying it so much because she knew this was just going to explode in his face. She wanted to hear him say all the terrible stuff because she knew he's going to finally get his comeuppance, you know? And oh, yeah. It was really funny seeing her enjoy it so much. Well, and after she wasn't in the last episode, it was really good just to see her again, yes. too. We also got just a really brief peek at Andy. I think he just said, like, 
uh, like five minutes or something like that. I can't remember. Just a very just quick little line there. They were going to play baseball in the house after midnight. That's what it was. Steven said, you only get like three swings. And he goes, how about five? And Steven goes, okay. Uh, yeah, that was it. So Andy is there, <laughs> but he didn't get to do much. But still cute kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, some of the stuff, like when he, the whole conversation, when he went back, he goes into the, the office with her, when, he, first of all, he talks about how he was talk, talking man talk about, you know, different stocks and investments and stuff, and she's like, oh, I get, this is that, talking to Rebecca, she says, oh, I get so confused when big, strong men start talking about numbers, <laughs> and, and he just does not get it, so no. then she calls him in, to talk about his report and the quote, she's like, let me quote your report. This like had me dying. She said, this is the quote from his report. He said, see spot, visit the bank. See spot, apply for a loan. Apply spot, apply. <laughs> and he's all, oh, what part lost you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I tried. He's like, I tried to make it simple so you could follow along. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you uh, imagine saying something like that to Janelle? No, oh my gosh. Well, I, I can. I've had nightmares about that, but what happened afterwards? <laughs> no, you wouldn't have to worry about nightmares. You'd be dead. Yes, exactly. So, oh. no, I mean, oh, man. That was um, so funny. I know you mentioned the thing with Mallory, but that part also super cracked me up when Alex is just like, I don't know what to do. It's so horrible. And he's like, I'm ready to try something irrational. And then he looks to Mallory. And just the way that she said, she's like, hmm. What sign is she? And it's just like <laughs> perfect Mallory delivery. I loved, loved that part. Right? Oh, so good. And he's all, nope. <laughs> and it's just, I, I don't know, the whole thing. I guess the final one that I would bring up just at the very end when he's trying to explain his like view of women. Oh, my gosh. He says, he yes. said, I see women like in three categories, comforting and like caring like a mom, irritating like my sisters or romantic prospects, which is everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it was just again like painful just so cringy the whole oh thing. yeah he's totally over ellen now too apparently yeah yeah it's just done we're done with ellen oh until until we get to see her one more time <laughs> <laughs> we're totally done until we're not how about you any other uh stuff well, it was kind of funny, like, when he was on the phone, and he's like, oh, man, it's really nice to hear you praise my work. And then he holds the phone away, and he's all, Bleh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm all, oh, it really is nice for you, isn't it, Alex? <laughs> and it's not like she wouldn't have heard that over the phone, so. Right. Well, suspension it, of TV disbelief, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it was kind of creepy. She's standing at the island and she's talking about, you know, their shared love of money is going to be what brings them together. And then she at one point made a reference to, you know, when other girls are playing with Barbies, she was melting down Barbie's hair trying to make gold. <laughs> right. <laughs> all, wow, that's a little bit twisted. Like, yeah, you got a problem. That whole conversation they had at the end was weird. I mean, I think they were trying to sell the fact that she would still be willing to work with him because she valued his knowledge and love of money so much, but yeah, it made her like way weird all of a sudden. She seemed like a lot more normal up until that point. <laughs> yeah, seemed like you know she didn't keep people tied up in her basement or anything. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think that's what happens in the next episode. <laughs> oh, okay. That's where, eleven episodes from now. <laughs> yeah, that's where George comes back in. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Just it's so cringy how bad it was that he was treating all women really poorly. And Elise, yeah. you were right, though. I mean, she was, like, gleeful as uh, she was watching him. 
Well, because she knew. She knew that here is a woman who has power over something that he deeply cares about. So one way or another, he's getting, he's going to have consequences. And she oh, really yeah. Liked that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she was there for it. Sha-la-la-la. Well, was there a uh, moral on this episode? Well, you know it. You got to treat your coworkers with respect and dignity, regardless of their sex. And don't try to kiss them. <laughs> that is generally a good rule. Yeah. Don't try to kiss your coworkers. <laughs> right. <laughs> and hopefully we've come a little further uh, in the last 30 years to where it's okay to, for men and uh, women to work together and it not to be weird and complicated all the time. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there are still somebody out there somewhere that has that type of mentality, but I'm pretty sure that's like a thing of the past by and large. Right. At least to that degree, you know. Yeah, because he was so awkward. Terrible. Well, and especially at a job that he was, like, excited to do, you would think he could have, like, kept it together because he wanted to work at a bank. It's a dream job, you know. Yeah. Well, and he's just an intern, too. So the funny thing is, is that kind of uh, behavior wouldn't be tolerated at all from an employee, let alone an intern. And how many employees did that bank have? There was, like, 75 people working in that one little building. I mean, maybe it was like a central headquarters for a bank or something. Well, it was the first mercantile bank. So maybe the second one doesn't have that many employees, but the first (laughs) one's got all of them. That's probably true. (laughs) 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 And, you know, those mercantile banks, you know, they probably were selling uh, goods in the back and, you know, other stuff. Right, yeah. Some of those people have to load the pallets, I guess, with this stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. I think that's what happens there. I, they probably get the pallets of money and have to, like, you know, clean it and and uh, mm. then sort it and stuff. Make the pillows out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What about you? What about your moral? Oh, well, very similar to yours. It's just that I said, if your coworkers call you to the, your job late at night, don't go. They're, no. not paying, they're not paying you to be there after hours. Don't go. And bad things always happen. Yeah. None, we've seen that at least three times now. It's not a good idea to go into work late at night. Right. Don't do it. No. Well, at least Alex wasn't in a relationship. So, you know, best case scenario, if they did uh, get together, then, you know, he wasn't breaking up a family or. Well, that's true. Cheating on his girlfriend or anything like that. So, yeah. It wasn't like Steven. Still wasn't great, though. Or Elise. (laughs) That was it. Don't go to work late. And also, like, (laughs) like, respect yourself enough to only go in when they're paying you to be there, man. Why are you going after hours? Right? Well, he's not paid oh, ever because he's an intern. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't know any better no matter what. Well, he should learn that lesson too then. Well, it, and I thought it was funny too because he's an intern, yet he's coming up with all the different things that the bank needs to do to change it up and, you know, to tighten up some of the way that uh, their practices are. And what job would let an intern kind of dictate that information? I interned at a record label when I was in college, and they didn't ask me for how to reorganize their company or anything like that. No, you were lucky if they let you do something besides get coffee or lunch. I was actually very lucky. I never had to do any of that kind of stuff. My internship was very, very hands-on because I was, I don't know, I was at a cool record label, and I actually got to, like, run help run sound and help do like help out in the recording studio and stuff so it was it was a very cool internship but they also i was very much just learning and observing and stuff i wasn't like making corporate changes or anything (laughs) 
<laughs> right? You weren't uh, uh, setting the world on fire with uh, new new things? No, 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 no. New ideas and thoughts? But I did get to be on a recording of a band I really loved, clapping my hands in the chorus of a song, and I'm in the credits of that album. So, pretty cool. What? Pretty cool, yeah. What band is it? Havelina Rail Company, which... Uh, okay, and what was the album name? The album is called America... And it was on in the song title. Song, oh gosh, I can't even remember which one. I because I helped out in the studio for like most of that album. I can't remember which song it was. I actually got credit for. The funny thing is, well, funny sad is that they offered me a chance to like do shakers and other percussion on a song. And apparently, like, I mean, I kind of knew this already. I'm like, I'm I can play guitar. I can play bass. I'm more you know dabble in piano and stuff. But I couldn't play drums to save my life i have rhythm but i can only do like one motion at a time you know what i mean whereas drummers you have to do like you know i can't syncopate something and i try to do the shaker things but you have to like do it in a syncopated thing and i just i couldn't do it so i just clapped my hands in the rhythm and they kept it in there so (laughs) (laughs) so you got the rhythm but no blues Yeah, exactly that's a perfect way to put it I, i it was great though i loved it but um, I'm not a percussionist. And so if you ever look at a percussionist in a band and think, oh, anybody could do that, you're wrong. It takes skill. Yeah, trust no, me. I definitely know that's not a job for just anybody. No, no. And you know that if you ever see someone hand someone a tambourine at a church service and they don't know how to play, there you go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing worse than that is letting them play the bells. Yeah, again, it takes <laughs> skill, man. It takes skill. Sha-la-la-la. We would like to hear from you all, dear listeners, and tell us what you think about this episode, what's been going on, how was your spring break. Keith, if people want to tell us all this stuff, how can they let us know? They should write us an email at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. That would be excellent. I would love to hear from you guys. I would, too. You could join us on our Facebook page and our Facebook group. We're sharing pictures in there. We're all kinds of fun stuff. You can yeah, definitely be a part of that community. Did you like that uh, photo of you in your wizard outfit at the uh, taping of Let's Make a Deal? Fantastic. Yes, absolutely. In fact, you may have noticed, or maybe you haven't noticed, we uh, borrowed the image for a image title for our uh, Mandarin Orange show that came out that week. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I, I thought I'd notice that. Yes. Yeah. Remember how you remember that having happened? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. I knew you probably And did. also, we should... We should mention, too, that your other episode from Let's Make a Deal uh, came out on March 23rd. So you can always go back through the CBS Paramount app, and you can always watch that episode and see Phil and Janelle. That's right, and it's totally worth it. And we won't say any more about it because we don't want to spoil anything, but definitely go and watch it. Yeah, totally check it out. Excellent. And we'll tell you all about my next appearance on TV when I can. What? Uh, you're going to have to quit doing the show. You're just on TV too much now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Keep the good work on, Phil. Keep, Keep the good, the good work, work on. on. That's right. <laughs> well, everyone, I hope you keep the good work on this week. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. Thank you, Keith, for being my excellent co-host. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I love it. I also love it. And we love you, dear listeners. So please join us again next time for another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? 
what would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. And what would we do, baby, without us? Sha-la-la-la. Well, Crete, Crete, I, uh, I, I, oh, he, uh, we're five, five, man.